Uh, what we're doing this morning, we are in the book of Proverbs. We're talking about the way of wisdom, the way of wisdom. Last week, we looked at, you know, how our decisions are so important in walking in wisdom. You know, Proverbs, Proverbs are practical guidelines. Uh, they're divine guidelines. They are little uh, divine nuggets of truth, of timeless truth that teach us how to be wise. And so that's what we're going to be doing uh, up until Easter. We're going to be uh, trafficking in the book of Proverbs, maybe longer, because I was getting pressure from my wife yesterday. You need to teach longer in Proverbs because it's good for everybody. I said, okay, I'll do it. You know, yeah, I'll get it. Sure. Uh, so maybe longer. Uh, yeah. But uh, last week we looked at the path of wisdom and it begins with decisions. And today we're going to unpack one verse. We're going to spend our whole time together unpacking one verse, Proverbs 13, verse 20. So we're going to drill down really deep here and unpack what this looks like because it is so huge for your life. The implications are profound for your life here. So I just would like to know how many people here you'd like to be a little bit wiser in your relationships. Anybody in the house want to be wiser in your relationships? Thank you. Want to be wiser in our friendships. And so we're going to look at that today. So I'm going to ask you, you stand up. We're going to read this together. Jump to your feet. That's it. Stretch out again there. We're going to read this together. We're going to read loud. Hang on. Wait, wait, wait. I'll tell you when we're going to begin. And we want to fill, we want to fill the house of God with the word of God. You ready? Here we go. Walk with the wise and become wise for the companion of fools suffers harm. One more time. Walk with the wise and become wise for the companion of fools suffers harm. Thank you. You may be seated. So you know what? The bottom line is this with this verse. Stuff rubs off. That's all I got for you. God bless you. Thank you for coming. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> but you know what? The reality is stuff rubs off. Think about that. Stuff rubs off. You go to work tomorrow, you know, and maybe where you work, it's filled with profanity. Guys are, you know, dropping stuff and gals, whatever. It's filled with profanity. Does profanity rub off? You know, until you go to the sales force maybe tomorrow or whatever, and you're, and it's a culture, you know, of just, just driven by money, 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 produce, produce, produce. Nothing about the people, nothing about helping people or the service. All about greed, saturated in a culture of greed. So I ask you there, does greed rub off? You know, until you go to work and maybe your supervisor, you know, is just fired up. Your supervisor's an encourager, you know. Your supervisor's lifting everybody up there, you know. Just exuding this positive attitude all day long, you know, kind of like a Pete Carroll type. Just encouraging, firing everybody up. Does a positive attitude rub off? So you go to the health club maybe a few days a week, you know, and you're doing your sets and you're pumping iron and you're, you're doing your reps and you're looking around at everybody working out like crazy and drinking their protein shakes. So does exercise habits rub off? No, you wish they did. You wish they did. <laughs> That's right. You know what? But stuff rubs off. Stuff rubs off here for better or for worse. So Solomon, the wisest man in the world here, the writer of the book of Proverbs, wants to unpack this undeniable reality. Okay, that and he sort of cries out, hey, let's stop, ta- let's stop kidding ourselves about this. Let's stop kidding ourselves because you know what? 
There's an unalterable reality here that's at stake. And we need to wake up because we will be affected by who we hang out with. It doesn't matter. You know, peer pressure, you're out of high school, does not matter. You will always be affected by the people that you hang out with. And so he's saying, let's choose our relationships, our friends wisely. Solomon is saying this here. He's saying, look, look, those who walk with the wise, those who do life with the wise, they will eventually become wise here. In fact, Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, uh, writing to the church at Corinth, it might as well have been First Californians, but he said this. He said, bad company. Does it stay neutral? Is it isolated? Does it not affect you? Can you continue to do your own thing and never be influenced by bad company? No, he says, it'll corrupt you. It will corrupt you. It's an unalterable truth. It corrupts good character. And so there's a young man that I met. His name was Neil. And when I met Neil, he's one of those kids where, you know, you meet somebody, you know, immediately I thought, this kid, he's in trouble. He's in serious trouble. And I felt a great sense of urgency when I met him. He's a still skinny guy, sophomore, 15 years old, went to Redlands High School, and uh, uh, pasty skin, curly brown hair, and just looked bad. I says, Neil, you know, how's it going with you? You know, what's going on, Neil? And I could see he was in trouble. He was going in the wrong direction here. And I, and, and I thought, I need to do something. And I need to do something fast. Just hold that thought. I'll get, I'll get back to the story here. And so we're talking about being wiser in our relationships. In other words, wiser with our friends, wiser with our colleagues, wiser with our associates, wiser with the people that you run with, people that you play with, people that you hang out with, wiser in our relationships here with your posse, your amigos, your amigas, uh, whatever you want to call them there. And so, so what are you going to do here with Proverbs 13, 20? I mean, how important are our friends? Just think about this for a moment here. When you grew up, if you grew up in anything like the average American home, your parents freaked out about who you spent time with. Didn't they? They just freaked out. They were freak jobs, pleading with, you know, who are you going to hang out with? And friends, you know, and making sure they were fanatical about the people that you hung out with and you spent time with. I mean, some of your parents, they may even cause you to switch schools and go to a private school or switch your sports team or your coach or, you know, or the people that would influence your life. They were so concerned. They may not have quoted this principle, but we all know it to be true. The companion of fools eventually over time is going to suffer. And so your parents, you know, would say like, no, you can't go to their house, you know. Like, hey, what do you say? What, why, why, mom? You know, it's like, why, dad? You know, we can do whatever we want. And, you know, no one's home. And that's why you can't go. And so, but, you know, they were like total freak jobs about who, who you spent time with. And so uh, they went crazy and they were overreactive and overprotective. And now you do the same thing. In fact, you're worse. You are. So now we have the huge advantage of social media capability. And if you've ever wanted to date one of the Collins boys, my wife, she'll go on every, she's not here this morning, so I can say this. She'll go on every single social media site. She'll go on Facebook. You know what she does? She not even, not only checks out the girl, she checks out all the girl's friends. All the girls, and she'll say, Rod, Rod, 
look at, look at where this friend of the girl that wants to date one of our sons. I'm like, oh wow, what do you think about the friend? You know, I was like, I don't like the friend. So, so, so my son is going to get pressure not to date the girl based on the girl's friend on social media. You see what I'm talking about? So, and you do that too. You're a detective on Snapchat or their text messages or Instagram or Twitter, aren't you? So, well, you should be if you're not. And so, uh, and you check, you check them out. Because the, rea- the unalterable reality is this, is that the companion of a fool is going to suffer. In your relationships, if you, you're not wise in how you connect in a relationship, you're going to suffer. And the people with whom we choose to surround ourselves with, invariably over time, have this formative and shaping influence on us. It's true here. And so Solomon said this, that, that in our relationships, we are in, influenced by the people that, that accept us. You know, we're acceptance magnets. You know, we want to be accepted. So when you're accepted by someone, you're open to their influence because uh, uh, you just start developing this relationship here. And I'm completely, you know, accepted. But then I close down, don't we? We close down to people that don't, don't accept us, that reject us here. For example... Just think about, you know, your life and the whole scope of your life. You do things with others that maybe influence you a little bit that you would never do alone. Like, for example, the first time somebody smoked that cigarette. How many people did that alone or did that with someone else there? So back to Neil. So I felt this urgency about Neil. And uh, I asked him to tell me a story, and you know, he's 15. I said, I said, Neil, I, I just decided to be really bold and direct him. I said, Neil, are you doing drugs? He said, yeah, I'm doing drugs. What kind of drugs are you doing? Doing speed, cocaine. I said, uh, okay. I said, what about your buddies? I said, your buddies doing drugs? He goes, yeah. All your Redlands High School buddies are doing drugs. Yeah, every single one of them. Yeah, you don't have any friends that don't do drugs. Yeah. So Neil now is in the companion of fools. And Neil is going to suffer harm because of all the fools these hanging around. And these guys were thugs. Uh, I don't have time to tell you. I'm going to tell you a little bit about them. These guys, they were bad guys. They were thugs, you know. And so, so he's doing drugs with all his buddies here. In fact, it got this bad. It got this bad. His mom would tell me later on. She said, Rod, do you, do you, do you know what, what they were doing? I, I said, no. He was too embarrassed to tell me. So they had Neil in a bathtub. And he owed him money. He owed him drug money. So Neil couldn't pay up. So they were threatening to take his life. So they had this little skinny 15-year-old naked in a bathtub holding knives over him saying, pay up or we're going to kill you. I was serious. I didn't know that, but I just felt this sense of urgency. So hang on and I'll tell you a little bit more of the story. So some of our addictive behaviors here, what have happened is that the unimaginable behaviors that, that we can have here were acquired with friends because the companion of fools is going to suffer hard. They were acquired with friends here. Perhaps some of you remember when you went off to college, your kids go off to college, and they were doing fine, then all of a sudden they meet the next group, and now they're going down a road that they would never have gone down otherwise, but because of their friends here. And so sometimes people say, you know what, I would never do that. I would never think of going there, being with that person. And now what they thought was crossing the line in the past, think, well, you know what, Uh, I'm good to cross the line here. Now they're open to do those things. But see, it doesn't happen in a vacuum, does it? Never happens in a vacuum, happens with other people. So Solomon knew what he was talking about here. 
And the reality is this. Most of you here, you, you wouldn't be arguing with me right now. You're, you're not arguing. You're not saying like, nah, he's full of it. No, you, you know it's true. You're like, I got a cousin, I had a mom, I had a dad, I had a brother, I had a sister, had somebody in my life. And this very thing here, this reality inspired by God to Solomon 4,000 years ago is true. That walk with wise and you'll become wise. Be the companion of a fool and eventually take it to the bank. You will suffer. So when I was in my 20s, I decided that uh, um, I, just wanted to, I just wanted to hang around people that were wise. And so I made it my purpose, and I just figured, you know, people that are older than me, they've got to have way more, they know way more than me. They've lived life. They have more experience. So I'm going to make it my purpose and my aim to build relationship with older people. So I began, so, uh, so to me it was like, I want to be friends with people who have gray hair. That was my, my posture. I just want to be friends with people who have gray hair. And so I walk into a room, you know, and I say, where's, where's people that have gray hair? If I don't know anybody, I'm, like, I'm looking for people with gray hair. I'm going to go to them. I'm going to build a relationship with them and friendship with them. I just continued to do that like my whole life. And so and I'm so, I'm so grateful for, for the things, uh, they that walk with wise, that over time they would just kind of dep- uh, impart wisdom to me. And I just ask them questions. And I do things I normally wouldn't even I'd go golfing just so I could hang out on the golf course and just talk to them and be around them and find out, you know, how they did life. They that walk with wise, you'll become wise. And so, but it's an unalterable reality also here that happens in your life that you'll also suffer harm. And so it doesn't matter if you go to church or not. It doesn't matter if you believe in God or not. It doesn't mean if you're a Christ follower or not. It's just true. This is just a true principle here. The walk with the wise and you become wise. Eventually you'll suffer harm if you walk around fools. And so an awesome promise in your notes here. The promise says this. You become wise by doing life with the wise. You become wise, walk with, you know, do life with, gain wisdom there. Okay, you pick up, you assimilate here, you download wisdom when you're with people that that have wisdom there. So you acquire wisdom by doing life with the wise when you surround yourself with people that the Bible would consider wise. When you're in close proximity with those people there. When you're in their company, okay, and and you're hanging out with them. But the warning, there's also a great warning here in your notes. You run the risk, okay, of doing something, of something harmful happening if you do life with fools. If you do life with fools. And it's not just what the foolish do, okay, it's that, it's that you are there when they do it. Okay, the warning is this. The person that does life with the fools, okay, is a person who will eventually be impacted by the behavior of the fool. It doesn't watch. It doesn't say, doesn't say walk with the wise and be wise. Walk with the fool and be a fool. Though that may happen. It doesn't say that. It says hang out with fools and you'll be hurt by the behavior of the fools. You don't have to become a fool. You don't have to think like a fool. You don't have to do anything the fools do. All you have to do is hang out with them and you'll be impacted by them. That's the wisdom of Solomon here. And it's so needed for, for, for our culture and our generation. Because we think, you know what? I can do what I want. I can hang out with whoever I want. I'm going to go to the thing. I'm not going to participate. I'm going to be okay. Solomon would say, no, you won't be okay. Over time, you're going to lose. And so close associations with fools 
And basically that means unteachable. I'm going to explain that in a minute. Okay, It's going to be harmful. It's going to be adverse for you. It's going to be calamitous for you here. You are going to experience negative consequences if you go down that road relationally. Because here's what happens. Eventually, over time, when the life of a fool blows up, guess what? By virtue of your proximity to them, the shrapnel is going to get all over you too. It's going to affect you. It is an unalterable truth here. And so the devastation of their life is eventually going to hit your life. Doesn't matter what you, if you think like them, you act like them, just that you are with them. And here's why this is so important. Have you ever defended a relationship or a potentially unhealthy relationship and you've said this, but I will never do what they do? You've probably all done that. But I will never do what they do or at some point in your life. Okay, I will never participate in the things that they participate in. I'm good. I'm safe. Solomon would say, no, you're not good and you're not safe. You see, this is where the deception kicks in. I tell myself, I can handle it. I'm not like them. I'm not as weird as them. I'm not as stupid as them. Uh, I've got this figured out here. And Solomon says, no, 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 no. You're dead wrong. You're dead wrong because the companion of fools is eventually going to be harmed by the fool's behavior because it's all about proximity in the relationships. And so you'll eventually experience the consequences of the fool's dumb decisions here. So what is a fool? What is a fool? The Bible says in Proverbs 1, 7 and other places here that a fool is someone who knows the difference between right and wrong and just doesn't care, just doesn't give a rip. I mean, we've all probably been there. A fool is unteachable. A fool thinks that all of life is not connected. That it's disconnected here. So see, when you're talking to a fool, you tell him, you know what? Uh, your life's going to crash and burn if you go down that road. Oh, no, dude. No, dude. I, I, I've got this whole thing figured out. No, you don't. It's not disconnected there. You tell a fool, hey, you know what? If you continue in that direction, you know, you know you're going to crash, right? You know you're going to crash. And you warn a fool and he doesn't say, oh, thank you. God, I just really, I just love you. Till I just, just, come on, just keep it, keep it coming. I just appreciate that so much. Full of being, no, 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 they're not teachable. See, they think life is it's not connected here. They live as if today's not connected to tomorrow. They live as if what happens in Vegas is going to stay in Vegas. I mean, how much nonsense is that? Like you don't take with you where you just went and who you were with. Like how dumb is that? But everybody believes, yeah, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. No, it doesn't. Okay, and so, so you will experience the consequences of what happens, whatever you do and wherever you're at. And so if you have friends who aren't, you know, aren't concerned or careful about their lives, do you think they're going to be concerned about your life? You have friends, you know, that that aren't concerned about, you know, thrashing their bodies. Do you think they're going to be concerned about you thrashing yours? If you have friends that, you know, could care less, you know, or don't don't care about their marriage, do you think they're going to, like, care about yours? They going to care care about your physical health if they, they don't care? See, really, stuff rubs off. Stuff rubs off. So back to Neil. So after hearing Neil's story, uh, this is before I heard that he was naked in a bathtub with his drug buddies uh, holding knives over him. I, I said to Neil, I said, Neil, uh, first time I met him, I told him this. I said, Neil, you need, to, you need to do three things. I said, Neil, you need to quit all your friends. Every single one of them, you need to quit your friends. And I said, Neil, you also need to, you need to do this. Uh, you need to quit 
quit your school. You need to get out of that school. You need to get out of Redlands High School. And as I was saying this, I was hearing this little voice of the parents saying, who do you think you are telling our kid to go to a different school? But I thought, this is desperate, and I don't care if I get the phone call. I'm going to tell him anyways. So I says, Neil, you need to quit your friends. Neil, you need to quit. You need to go to a different school. You need to get away, get away from these thugs here, Neil. And I said, and you need to come to church. I said, you need to come to church. In fact, you need to come, you need to come to my church. I said, come to church. And so, uh, so that, that, um, that night I saw Neil in church. There, there he was. He came to church. So, um, but you know what? Even as I'm talking, even as I'm talking, there may be people coming to your mind. Oh, you know what? Oh, so-and-so. I, maybe I need to rethink this relationship here. And, uh, uh, you know, or, or I wish this person was here to hear this. You know, there's this principle, this reality here. Walk with the wise and become wise. So who's a wise person? Who's the wise person then? The wise person says wisdom comes from fearing and knowing God. Okay, wisdom, it's found with God and no one other than him. The personification of wisdom is the incarnation of God himself in Christ. Christ has been made unto us wisdom here. So wisdom realizes that all of life is connected. All of life is connected. And they were filter life through this paradigm here. That what you do today, what you think about today, okay, people that you do life with today will influence the person that you are becoming tomorrow. You can't disassociate. You can't disconnect these things here. There's no segmenting life here. All of it is connected together. The wise realize all of life is connected here. There's no isolated events. Okay, there's no isolated thought patterns. There's no isolated relationships. There's no isolated eating habits or exercise habits. All of life is connected together here. And the wise person realizes this and makes decisions today, not just based on today, but on tomorrow and on the future. That's a wise person here. And so Neil then, he's running around with these guys and he quits school. He quit Redlands High School. He followed my advice. He quit all his, all his drug buddy friends. I went to a private school in Highland there, in a, a, a private Christian school, and Neil became the chaplain of the school. He became a Christ follower. And Neil would invite me to come and speak at chapel the next year. And so, uh, so Neil's character was changed because he changed his community. He changed his relationships here. Neil now is no more running with fools here. Now his de- destiny has been impacted because he made a decision to change his relationships. And so now Neil, has, I've seen his character change because of the new community that he's in. Uh, he's no longer being corrupted like he was here. Now he's having his character built. He's no longer confused, but I realize like, this kid, I'm telling you, this kid was flunking out of school. He was flunking out. And I realized, like, this kid is like smart, like, like really smart. So he, and he's very intentional now. And I realized, like, this kid's got some leadership stuff going on inside of him. And, uh, and this kid's intentional. He's really intentional here. And I'm observing a total transformation of a kid that a year later was being threatened to be killed. And now he's like chaplain at a school. Amazing here. Today's decisions are, are connected to tomorrow's outcomes in your notes there. 
They're connected to the outcomes. So you decide today based on tomorrow. So in light of this, I think we need to recognize none of us are exceptions to the rule. None of us are exceptions to Proverbs 13. So how is it then that you apply this to your life? I mean, what do you do it? And how do you violate this so you can leverage this to your great benefit and blessing and favor and gain? Or you can bump up against it and, and try to violate it like there's some fine print. There's no fine print. So here's five or six ways that you bump up against the warning of Proverbs 13. Number one. Okay, number one is this. It dawns on you that your, your core group of friends isn't moving in the same direction that you sense God wants you to be moving. Okay, I'm going to get very practical and uh, painfully specific here. Six practical ways to know that you are bumping up against the unalterable reality of Proverbs 13. So you know what? And your conscience maybe begins to light up here. Your conscience is lighting up here. They're moving in a different direction. Okay, and your conscience is lighting up here. You know, that's not what I want for my life or that's not what I want for my kids. It's not what I want for my marriage here. It's not what I want for my sexuality. It's not what I want for my health. That's not what I want. You're bumping up against it and you know what? And you start to feel uneasy on the inside. That perhaps could be God by a spirit, you know, saying, ah, no, don't, don't go there, you know. But we can deceive ourselves and oh, you know, I can handle this. You know, I can hang with the group, you know. I'm not going to develop their habits. Remember what Solomon said, the fool, you hang with fools and you'll be hurt. And it dawns on you that they're moving in an opposite direction here. And this is what Neil finally woke up to and Neil recognized. That group is going in a whole different direction. And so you're bumping up against the warning of Proverbs when you find yourself number two. Being pulled, being pulled to be someone other than who you really are. It's like your friends will tell your parents, tell you know what? You're like this different person. Like when you get on the phone or, you know, you're like this different. That's not who you are. That's like bumping up against this, this principle in Proverbs here, where maybe you're trying to fit in, but you're really not. And when I'm with this group of people, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm tempted to, to, to deny my values here, my, put my views on the shelf, you know, or just kind of be quiet and not really say what I really think. But in my heart, I'm thinking, you know what? I like, I don't agree with that, but I'm kind of trying to go along with it and fit in, you know, and, uh, and you're hearing people say, you know what? Like, you don't fit. That's not you. You're, you're going to become like this different person here. So stuff rubs off. Number three, when you feel the pull, you feel the pressure, like just to compromise. Like, we all know what that is. You're just feeling the pull to compromise there. And then, and it's not, not necessarily that you've compromised, but you're feeling it. You're feeling the pull. You're feeling the pressure to compromise there. And so let me put it another way. When something that has been a real temptation for you now is becoming an option. It's becoming an option. In the past, perhaps it wasn't. And so, and it can be subtle. It can be very subtle uh, in its dynamic there. Number four, when you begin having conversations with yourself, you know what I'm talking about? Those little self-talks there. And you begin considering behavior that otherwise that was like, that was off limits. Like that, like there was a line there. Now, now you're beginning to cross that line there. You see, you begin entertaining the behavior and you recognize that, you know what, that would, that would be a line crosser for me. 
And it's again lighting up your conscience here and, and, uh, and you're beginning to entertain that and, and maybe then you begin to withdraw from some of your friendships. You know what I'm talking about? Begin to withdraw a little bit, you know, and create a little distance there, you know, and you're stepping closer and closer to something that you're going to regret. Number five is this, when you're bumping up against Proverbs 13. You hear yourself saying this, conversations like this. You know, um, I'll go, but I'm not going to participate. I'm good. I'm good. I'll go, but I'm not going to participate. I'm just going to go and kind of hang out there. I'm not going to do anything, you know. I can handle myself. Get on my face, will you? I can handle this, you know what? And that's not the point. The point is not that. But culture says, culture says, hey, you know what? You can go. You can hang out. You can do whatever you want. Just, you know, me, don't, don't necessarily do it. But you're good if you just, you don't hang, you, you don't uh, do what they do. And the wisdom of, of, of Proverbs is, no, that's not the point at all. The point is proximity. The point is that, is that you're there. That's the point. The companion of the fool will suffer harm here. Because, see, it's coming it's coming here. And when the fool suffers harm, and you're too close here, you also suffer just because you're close. And you never know when it's going to happen. You never know when they're going to get busted. You never know when they're going to drink a little bit too much. You never will know when they're going to say the thing or cross. The, you never know. And it's just by proximity that you will harm yourself. You never know when they're going to make the financial decision, you know, when you kind of get a little suckered and kind of pulled in there. And you hear yourself thinking, you know what, uh, uh, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to participate, you know. This should be a wake-up call. It should be a wake-up call to all of us here that you're bumping up against Proverbs 13, number 6. And this is like one of the most important. You hope the people that you care about, the people that care about you most, don't find out, don't find out where you've been or who you've been with. This is huge. When you're walking in the warning of Proverbs 13 and hoping that the people you care about most, the people who care most about you, don't, won't ever find out where you've been. Won't find out about the relationship. Won't find out about where you went with these folks here. Because uh, when you start rehearsing in your mind here, you're defending anything there. And just in case they find out. Just in case, you know, so-and-so falls off the cliff, you know, goes sideways. And you're rehearsing in your mind your defense there, and you kind of begin to tense up, and you think about, you know, uh, uh, what if they find out, you know, who I've been with, you know, or where I've gone. You're bumping up against this. This unalterable reality here. But culture is going to say, you know what, it doesn't matter who you're with. It doesn't matter, you know, where you are, as long as you're not doing whatever fill in the blank. That's being a fool. And so wisdom says, you know what? If it bothers people that I have the most respect for and love and, and, and the most, if it bothers uh, me that they won't find out, that's a red flag. That's a red flag there. Because the reality is, you know, create stress. We need to process that, consider that, and adjust our relationships in light of that. So, you know what, we're going to be, we're going to leave here in a little bit here and uh, go back, you know, to our, 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 watch the game and our space and our life. And so, so what do you do here? You know, maybe some of you are thinking, you know what, dang, I had to come here. 
hear this guy give this talk on, on this here. And I wish I would have watched the pregame of the pregame before the big game. So what are our options for this morning? Option number one is this. Option number one is I choose to do nothing. Yeah, I know what I heard this morning here. And, uh, but think about this. If you, you could make that choice, make that choice. I just want you to think about this. What if a year from now you, you could adjust a relationship that you know that person came to your mind and you could adjust that relationship? In a year from now, though, uh, you, you're looking back and you have the opportunity to make the change and you didn't. Because you didn't want to have the uncomfortable conversation. You didn't want to have maybe a truth-telling time there. And now you're going to, in a year from now, a year from now, your life's going to be more complicated. You're going to think, now I have to hide this thing from my kids or my wife or, or whatever. And you could make the decision today here. I imagine that while uh, we were working through the conversation today, there was a face that surfaced, a person that surfaced, a relationship that surfaced. And a year from now, you might wish that you'd, you'd, made, you'd made the decision to do something today here, to be intentional, maybe about walking with the wise. So Neil made that decision. Neil made that decision to, to walk with the wise, not to hang with the companion of fools. So I told you Neil was like really like smart. So he got accepted to UC Berkeley. And he went to UC Berkeley and he excelled. He became pre-law. And, and Neil was accepted into law school. So I remember sitting at my desk and, um, and I was looking back and just thinking about this. And it said, um, you, you're the, the honor of your presence is being requested for the graduation of Neil from Harvard Law School. He graduated from, from Harvard Law School. And I thought, here's a guy, you know, I had this conversation with him just, it was fresh in my mind years ago. And, and now he's grad, he graduated from Harvard Law School. And then he went to UCLA and got a PhD. So here's a guy that lived out this proverb and, and, and leveraged it to his great gain. But how many people suffer harm because we, we would ignore it? So perhaps it's time to rethink a relationship. Perhaps it's time to, 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 to let, you know, to redefine. Maybe it's time to forge some new friendships to, to, to do what we hear here. Proverbs says this in Proverbs 12. It says, the righteous choose friends carefully. And carefully means to investigate. It means to search out. The wise cautiously investigate the uh, relationship or friendship before jumping in. And so much to think about, much to apply. If you'd bow your heads, I'd like to pray with you. Father, thank you for this morning. And thank you for your word, which is a light unto our path and a light a lamp unto our feet. Thank you that relationships matter, that friendships matter. Thank you that the call of the wise is a personal invite to each of us. Thank you that you are the God that gives wisdom and we simply ask. Thank you, Lord, for Proverbs thirteen twenty. As we sang this morning, may we surrender our lives to you. May we choose to go your way and choose to build the wisdom, your wisdom into our lives. Walk with the wise and be wise. The companion of a fool will suffer 
harm. In Jesus' name, amen.